sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Adelaide Heward Mills. Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide Heward Mills. So the first question says that I have been in a relationship for about eight years and people in church keep asking when we will get married but it's because of financial instability. Mommy, what do I do? Hallelujah. We trust that the Holy Ghost will give us light. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So your heart should be sick by now after eight years. I think that in my honest opinion, you should dump the person and move on because he's wasted your time a lot. And also, why is it financial? You cut your coats according to the fabric you have. So you don't necessarily have to have a lavish wedding. You can just have a blessing and move on. So I think that my dad said that if a man wants to marry you, he's on you all the time. So when? So what's the date? But if every time you are the one asking, what are we doing? Whatever, eight years, then he's not a serious person. Naomi told Ruth, she said that you sit down. This man will not wait until he has done all the necessary things when she met Boaz. So that's a sign. And I think that you shouldn't waste your time further. Amen. Dear Auntie Mami, my husband tends to use vulgar words towards me when he's angry. What do I do? I think that um, usually when you correct people in the process of something, they don't take it well. But when everything is a bit sober, you can tell him that, oh, even when I'm wrong, please, when you are speaking, take your time a bit and mind the words you use. In fact, when I hear how some Christian husbands especially talk to their wives, I get surprised because Ephesians 4.29 says, let your speech minister grace to the people who hear you. The Bible says that he that will love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. So it's a spiritual thing. And I know that some temperaments find it more easy to say as it is. And some are more diplomatic. But we still have to have spirit-controlled temperament. So you have to allow the Holy Spirit to help your tongue. And if you are disposed to that, I think you should start counting 10 so that you think about your words before you speak them. 
Interestingly, such people cannot stand even a quarter of what they say. If the other person says that to them, hell breaks loose. So please, let Christ be seen in our tongues. Because the Bible says the tongue is a world of evil. And it can set the whole of the world on fire. So we have to be very careful. So talk to him about it, but quietly, meekly, and in the, at the right time. This question says, Mommy, what do I do when you have a husband who does not help financially, not even with school fees? He has also refused to work. Okay, so he's not helping with school fees because he has refused to work. I don't know if you have a pastor or you're under any spiritual authority. Because if you did, then I would say that take it up to the pastor because you may have spoken about it a lot and it's not yielding any results. Now you say he doesn't work. I don't know if he was working and then his job fell into redundancy or he just chooses not to work. I don't know the circumstances. But I would say that seek pastoral help and counsel so that the pastor can speak into his life and help him get on his feet. Because if he doesn't work, there's no way he can pay the fees. You see, yeah. I think this one has been answered in the preaching, but it says, why do some women, after a few years in marriage and after bearing children, bearing a child or two, just not bother about their appearances anymore? I think what it is is we get overwhelmed because suddenly you are somebody's mother and you have to think about so many things, breastfeeding, waking up at night, bathing the baby, sometimes they are going to school but they are toddlers, all that there's a lot on a woman's plate and she has also gone to add the case of Adam that is looking for a job in the sweat of her face, she's earning bread. So all that becomes very difficult to juggle. And sometimes we put ourselves last, including our appearance. But I think that if we worked on our appearance, we ourselves will even feel better about ourselves and it will help our mood. So, um, and the virtuous woman, the Bible says she has servants. So now they are also labor saving devices. So you have to sit down and plan your life and see where you can get help. I'm not saying you should hand over your whole house to the domestic staff, but there are things that you can get help for so that you can function properly. I think that's important. Wow. This one says, I love my husband very much. We have been married for close to 10 years now. But I never enjoy sex unless he goes down. What do I do, please? Even the person reading the question says she doesn't understand the question. BM, do you understand the question? Unless he goes down, that's what it means. Mercy. I think that you and your husband should have a frank discussion about your sexual needs and how, how it is the way forward. I think that we are so groomed not to talk about that area 
that even when we get married, it translates into a bar. We should be able, the man and the woman, they were naked and they were not ashamed. So we should be able to talk about it and get any help that we need. So I think it's important. Also, it depends on if you were oriented to certain things before you met him. So you may have to also adjust a bit, you know. I, I, I have a friend who is, a, we have a friend, a prominent man of God, and he told us he has a, a church member who got married. And then the man came after two days, but he wants to leave the woman. He said, what is it? He said, the pastor, she's too experienced. And he's like, why? So she does this, she does this. She does. And he, the pastor, was thinking, oh, how blessed he is. Oh, how blessed he is. I wish I had all this. But the man said, no, 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 pastor. She's too experienced. He said that, unfortunately, the marriage broke on that note. And the woman, he said that the first week she didn't exhibit that. But the second week, then it's like, ah, just one week of marriage, you have progressed like this. You know, so the woman said that, no, yes, I had a past, but I didn't want him to know it. So I was careful about it. But the man, so the person asked him, so are you not happy? He said, I'm happy, but I'm also upset. So in the end, the marriage broke, yeah. But I think that we should be real with each other. What will you do if your husband keeps chatting with other ladies intimately after marriage? I don't know what you mean by intimately. Intimately like crossing lines, saying things they shouldn't say, and also usually means that if you are so busy just chatting with others, you will not have time to even chat with your own wife. You know, so that is going to bring a lot of problems. And also the Bible says, love your neighbor like yourself. So if your wife did that, would you be cool with it? You may not want that. So I think that you should ask your husband what you can do about it and see what his answer is. And then you go on for that. But like I also said, a lot of your battles will also be won through prayer. I believe that God can even destroy and hold some relationships. So take it to the Lord also in prayer. This one is close to what I just asked. He said, I'm happily married to my wife. I think I'll never leave her, but I still have a strong sexual attraction to other ladies. Some are even married too. Why? I think there's a song like that in First Love about... I have a beloved, but then I'm noticing other females, and I find them nice, but then my commitment is to my wife. And then in the song, it also says that, it also says in summary that you should also grow up spiritually. You can't just live in your body and allow your body to dictate, because if you allow the body, it will disgrace you. But Paul said, I keep my body under. So you have to learn to discipline that body. But you are going to only do that by the Spirit of God that lives in you and by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If we're all to descend to just flesh, it will not be good. 
So keep your body under. Paul said, I give my body blows and I make it serve me. Lest after preaching Christ, I myself should be a castaway. So we'll fight this body till Christ comes. But the good news is that the greater one is in us. So build up yourself on your most holy faith and God will give you the strength to overcome. Hallelujah. This, this one says, I committed adultery with another man early in marriage. My husband forgave me, but now I also suspect he's going out with a lady. How do I handle it? Talk about it all. Oh. Uh, but it's like I did it and he forgave me, so I can't. I think because you have also fallen before, you can talk to him with grace. Because you found mercy. So you can also talk to him mercifully and in a gracious way. That may help. Because now you are filled with suspicion. You are not sure. But you were also doing the same thing. So now you don't even have the confidence to speak. But the end of it is you have to speak true to each other. Speaking the truth in love will help you go. So believe God and do that. And if you need a third party like your pastor to help you, you can do that. Unless it's just between the two of you. And is it because, can it also be because um, she, she committed adultery, so she thinks that... He will also do that. Yes. It could also it's be. It's possible. It's yeah. Not. Yeah. No, most of the time, as a man thinks, so is he. Because you've done it before, you think that that's how life is. You know, so that could also be. But if you spoke about it, maybe it will help. Yeah. And also, maybe he's really retaliating. Because uh, this great preacher, Jim Baker, he was a church boy. He married like 17 or 18. His wife, they were childhood sweethearts. And once my husband and I watched their life story, my husband said, wow, I wonder how many Christians are even as spiritual as these people. They were in Bible school together. They left to serve God. They were very good. And then, I'm saying it because it's written, he has written it in a book. He went to the White House for a presidential meeting. But before then, he had gone for a retreat in his log cabin, like his house in the woods. And when he went, he saw some things in the dustbin. And when he looked, it was love notes from his assistant pastor to his wife. So he found out that there was something going on. But the arrangement was that he was going to meet his wife somewhere, and then they'll, they'll go to the program at the White House. And it was their church doing, I think, a church service. So this associate of his was sitting behind him. So the associate tapped him, and then we also tapped the wife, and they laughed. But he had discovered this. So he was just filled with a lot of anger and whatever. But he never confronted his wife about it. Then he shared it with another pastor, Richard Dodge, who was his very good friend, also head of Assemblies of God. And then he said, we are shooting a program somewhere, PTL. They owned PTL. 
So can you just look for a girl for me so that I feel that I have retaliated? So that girl happened to be Jessica Han. If you go and you type it, all the stories will come. But she was a church secretary. And so he slept with Jessica Han, not because he fancied her, not because, but retaliatory, yes. And when he did, he says in the book that it didn't even last for a long time, and he felt so terrible. So he went, he said, just leave, just leave. Then he went to the bathroom, turned on the tap to the hottest temperatures, like to wash away his sin. And he wasn't able. And then some weeks after, this Pastor Dodge came to tell him that the newspapers, the girl has gone to talk to them, and now they want to whatever. But Richard Dodge didn't tell him that he actually paid bribe to the newspaper. So afterwards, then the news broke. And there was like, they've used church funds in America as hash money. In the end, he lost his ministry and he lost everything. And my husband was saying that if he felt like this, why didn't he just leave the wife even? Because the Bible says on grounds of adultery, you can go. Or why didn't he confront? But he kept it and it led him on a road he wouldn't have liked to walk on. So I hope that is not also retaliatory. Yeah. There are things in the world. <laughs> Thank you, Mommy. There's this one. It says that I am not a bishop. I'm not a pastor. Can I marry two? Um, um, I want to answer the question. You are not a bishop. You are not a pastor. Yes. Where are my glasses? I'm a Christian, but I'm not a bishop, and I am not a shepherd or a deacon. Can I marry more than one wife under the customary marriage? I am financially okay. What I would say is that God did not create Adam and Steve. He created Adam and Eve from the beginning. And what I would say is that I'll beg us as a body of Christ to rightly divide the word of truth. Because Abraham was not a polygamist. Sarah gave him Hagar. They had a child. But he never married Hagar. When we hear of him marrying again is when he married Keturah. Uh -huh. I think when he married Keturah, then he had concubines. Do you see? But he didn't marry like polygamy. Now, in Deuteronomy 17, 17, it is when Israel began to have kings that they started to actually work in blatant polygamy. Because Laban gave Leah as an extra. That's not what Jacob wanted. He just wanted Rachel. And Leah said, oh, maybe, uh, Laban thought maybe Leah won't get married, so let me give him this by deception. And then Jacob is like, this is not what I bargained for, so then I'll work for Rachel. So all those circumstances. But in Deuteronomy 17, 17, God said to Israel not to take a king. 
because he said that the king must not take many wives from himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. He must not accumulate large amounts of wealth in silver and gold for himself. When Israel said they wanted a king, God was saying, the reason why I don't want a king for you, one of the reasons is that when you have a king, he will multiply wives. So I don't want that. So don't choose a king. And they went ahead and chose a king. So it is actually a byproduct of that disobedience, in my opinion, and it's biblical. Now, if you want to marry two, what I would say logically is that before you marry me, tell me you believe in polygamy. Not that when you have married me and I've said yes, then midstream, you are going to add to me. No, let me know the terms of the contract. When I know the terms, I will commit. And I even say to some of my friends that, let's say I'm not saved. And somebody comes to me that he wants to make me, let's say, his seventh wife. I can marry him. Because one, I know what I'm getting into. Two, I don't need to love you. Once you have money, you can let, send me to four cruises a year. I'm okay. You don't have to do anything for me. Number seven. And then I have to come like the people who work at Circle and do my best. It doesn't matter. It's not going to involve my emotions. It's not, I will perform my duties hey, creditably. You will even be happy. But just let me know that this is the deal. Once I know the deal, I'll commit to it or I'll not commit to it. But when I commit to forsaking all others, then in the middle of the journey, you come and tell me you want to add to me, I will have a problem. You understand? So if you are married already, as a Christian, under the law, God did not create Adam and then a lot of, it is our fallen nature. It is our fallen nature. You know, it's like how God permitted Israel to have a king. It's our fallen nature. It is only dogs who don't marry and animals. They don't marry. So when you go here, you're happy. When you go here, you're happy. When you go here, you're happy. And in the end, what does it bring? And not only the man, the woman also is an area dog. So when we descend into the animal world, we will not be happy. And people who have known the Lord, who were in full gospel, they had all this and they said, no, I don't want it. I rather want to serve God. Then you that you know God, you want to go that way. Muslims, like even the vice president, why doesn't he have four wives? Because it's allowed. My own father had more than one wife when he first started life. When he got serious with God, he left all of them, and he wedded one. And he kept telling my brothers that polygamy is one of the most foolish things you could ever do. And that you know. So anyway, that is my take. I think that Christianity frowns on it. But if you want to do that, then Tell the person that these are your rules. Not that you marry her and later 
you go and change the rules. It is not fair. Okay? But in Deuteronomy 17, 17, God says, don't have a king. One of the things, he will take silver and gold from you. He will let you work on his farms and you will multiply wives, which is not what I want. Okay? So I hope it helps. Because I was talking to somebody, and the person said that, well, I have not desired to become a bishop because the Bible says that it's a bishop who should have one wife. I have been said I want to be a bishop, so um, I guess I don't want to be any leader, so it's in the Bible. I, I, I can. And I think well, as for the church, you will not be sacked from the church. You will not be a leader. You will not be a bishop. And then you'll find out that God's word is true. That's all I will say. Thank you, mommy. This one says, my wife hides behind temperaments and is always quiet because she says she's it's a melancholic. What I would say is that we are not supposed to sit in our weaknesses. The spirit control temperament. The Holy Spirit is supposed to help you. So yes, you will not be as talkative or garrulous as a sanguine, but you should also make the attempt to overcome the downside of your temperament. Now the melancholic is called the dark temperament because you think, and you think in your head, but you don't say it. You know? So you could practice a bit of how to come out of yourself and then the talkative can also practice being a little quiet because the bible says in a multitude of words there's a lot of sin you know so every temperament has some homework so don't just sit in your temperament thank you i think we are done no go on okay go on. how do i continue to love a mother-in-law who doesn't love or appreciate you um, First Corinthians 13, isn't it? No. <clears throat> I think Matthew chapter 5, verse 41 or 44. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them that despitefully use you. Four classes of people, your enemies. To them, God says you owe love. Those who curse you, he says you should bless. Um... Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. The people who hate you, do good to them. And then those who despise fully use you, pray for them. So in which of these does your mother-in-law fall? <coughs> if she's your enemy, love her. If she curses you, bless her. If she does you evil, do her good. And if she despitefully uses you, pray for her. So I think that you just continue to do the person good. The Bible says you heap coals of fire on the person. So you do your part and leave the rest to God. How will you know if someone loves you? Oh, really? I thought love is always in action. Love is in word. Love is in deed. Love is in the gifts the person gives you. Love is in how the person treats you. Love is in the person telling you that he loves you. I mean, I'm surprised you asked such a question. But... Was it? 
Is it that you are not sure somebody is proposing to you and you are not sure he loves you? The other one says, how do I know if he is the one? How do you know if he's the one? Hey, it's a long sermon. <laughs> I think that as you pray, the Bible says he will direct your path. You see, God will bring some direction. Even sometimes some things you don't know, God will reveal. And then you say, no, 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 this is not it. And the multitude of counsel will also help you when you speak to godly people. And you get their mind and their perspective. And then... You make your decision. And then also, whether you can live with the person and whether all the things we've gone through, where is the person going, what are his visions, what, all those things line up with your choice. Then you are the ultimate decider if he is the right person for you. But people like saying, is she the right person? But are you also the right person? So be the right person so that you find the right person. Amen. 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 Is prayer always a guide in choosing the right partner for marriage? The Bible says everything by prayer. Have no anxiety. Philippians 4 verse 6, by in everything by prayer. So everything, everything includes your marriage. So yes, prayer is very, very, very important. But Jesus said, watch and pray. So open your eyes and pray also. Not that you are blind and then you are praying. Shaka, balaba. Hey, open your eyes. You see a lot of things. And you will know whether you can spend your life, your rest of your life with a person. But I want to say that human beings also change with the changing scenes of life. One, we mature. Two, sometimes we are under our parents. So certain things have not manifested because it's controlled. But when we are on our own, then we really manifest. Three, certain situations have not presented themselves. So when they present themselves, how are we going to behave? That's why the fear of God is tantamount, is paramount, because then it's going to help decide a lot of things. Mommy, please, what advice will you give to a lady whose spouse is into multiple sexual affairs? A lady whose spouse a is lady into... whose spouse is into multiple sexual affairs. Well, the Bible says that on the grounds of adultery, you can divorce. So I don't know if you want to leave. If you don't want to leave, then you may have to be emotionally divorced. So that, that's what brothers don't know. A woman can marry you, Pepe, but she doesn't like you anymore. But she will do everything. Everything. So you think, oh, I'm really on course. You are not. You lost it long ago. But you don't know. You know, so sometimes in order to be sane, you just do emotional divorce. If you have to give him food, you give him. If you have to give him sex and you, you, you are up to it, you give him. You just flow. Once I heard my mother advising somebody, and the person was saying that, I mean, I live with him, and I don't really think I want to change that, but emotionally it's very hard. And my mother said, Oh, Fanden, you want Kulti? And you want Kulta? Naza. And the woman said, Yes. And then just move on. So I would say, Fanda and you want to see, okay?
window, uncle. What are the early detection signs that your spouse wants a divorce? Early detection signs that your spouse wants a divorce? I don't know because I've dealt with so many scenarios. Some of them, it has come as a surprise. I know a lady, she was married to a pastor, she just packed all her things. Then she went to a petrol dump and left the car there with her children and then took another car to the airport and just flew out. So, I mean, people do shocking things, you know. So sometimes you can see from the way the person treats you. And in our marriage manual, we say, words have life. So don't even speak, I'll divorce you. I regret marrying you. There are words are spirit and life, you know. So you don't speak such things. But when the person is constantly speaking those things, sometimes it may be a sign. Yeah. But why do you need signs? Ask the person, is that your thinking? Is that your plan? Tell me. <laughs> One lady told me the man just started to park out of the house little by little before she knew he lived two streets away. Now, I knew her then. Time has passed. It's been about 18 years. The man has come back. And telling her, I want to wed you again. Can you imagine? Anyway. When I tell my mother, she says, the story is always the same. Mr. Boat is the same. Mr. Ose, the same. She says, one year, So please be led by the word, not like by old wives' fables. <laughs> but statistically. And then um, I went to a funeral. And after the funeral, Bishop Saki was calling me. He called, Mommy, come, come. So I was wondering, but I was very frantic. Come, come. So I came. And then a lady was standing there. He said that. Mommy. No coincidence. The husband says he wants to marry her again. He left. The man wants to wed her. She says she will not allow. I mean, I don't know. And the woman is like, standing by me. And be known to Bishop Saki. The lady had already spoken to me. So then when he finished, he said, So, mommy, so what do you think? I said, Oh, she should go cry. I said, Oh! If I knew that this is what you would say, I would not have called you. You know, but for all that she had gone through, she was now in her 70s. Man, I better wear dinner. And the lady said to me that, It's not now, I'm going to. But he's done to come into her life. He's done. And now he says, I regret it so much. I wish I could unwind. But as you are saying this, you are sick. You are virtually bedridden. And you have now found your sense. Brothers, let the sense come early, okay? (laughs) 
This one is not here, say who. It's a story. I'm witnessing myself. So whenever I see the lady, I'm teasing her. Hey, you are in love. One day, not long ago, my husband came to the office and saw her. And then my husband said, hey, my wife tells me that your husband wants to wed you. And she stood up. Bishop, I'm not going. I'm not. And Bishop said, oh, I understand. Please, I, please, it's okay. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So it says, if a lady, if as a lady, you have different guys proposing and you feel you like them all. Now it is the world has gone to the dogs. Ah! If you're a lady, or what? And you have different guys proposing and you feel you like them all, what should you do? What can you like them all? God does not allow you to like them all. That's it. So you choose. What do I do if a husband... You see, a man has asked the same question another way. A woman is also asking another way. I mean, why? The Bible says there's a way that seems right. But the end is not good. So why don't we just stick to what God is saying? Because it's spirit and it's life. Amen. And are you a Christian? <laughs> I studied it in sociology, you know, polyandry, where a woman has multiple partners. And you know something, our church in Fiji was confronted with that. No, yes, in Fiji, women are allowed to marry more than one. So the pastor was telling me that is their problem when they get converted. When you go to the house, two husbands, one comes from this room, one comes from this room. <laughs> Which one should she leave? So now they have to counsel them. That you have to marry one, you have to whatever. Then I told Bishop Ogo, he said that no Fiji should come to Ghana. <laughs> it's a pity. Okay. Is it good to live to, to live with your partner in the same room before marriage? Ah, are you a Christian? The Bible says that your body is the temple and that you should flee from fornication. Fornication is sleeping with somebody who is, you are not married to. And adultery is a married person having an affair with somebody else. And all that the Bible says we shouldn't do. So if you are not born again and you are here or you are listening online, I would entreat you to give your life to Christ and begin that relationship with him. relationship is constantly threatened by comments from family members making derogatory statements that gets my beloved worried about the future what do i do family members of the man or of her members of the girl she said her relationship is constantly threatened threatened by derogatory remarks from family members and other guys didn't say it gets the beloved worried about the future. I mean, didn't say whether it was a guy who is saying yeah, what? Well, your beloved should shine his eyes and decide what he believes and what he doesn't believe. Yeah. He wants to go with the family or whether to go with the family, what he's saying, or to make up his mind that this is what I've chosen and I'm going to go with it. Because family can meddle a lot. 
and sometimes their judgment, sometimes their judgment is not really. Like how I was told that guns are all boxes and all that. It wasn't godly counsel. The last one. We'll take the last one. He says that how do you handle the stigma of childlessness and also deal with a spouse who is becoming seemingly impatient with the lack of a child or children in marriage? How do you deal with the stigma of childlessness? It is a real stigma, but what we should know is that we didn't choose what we became. Do you understand? When some people say, eh, so why don't you have a child after one year? Are you God? And do you have a child because you decided you wanted, you know? I had a friend who told me that in the office, we were always asking her, hey, so what are you waiting for? I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it that people will be that insensitive. But that's how it is. So um, you have to sort of rise above the stigma. And that means that you meditate more on God's word so that you can, because as for human beings, they talk. You have to have a way of, right? And then you are dealing with an impatient spouse. I am a strong proponent of adoption, strong. Because Jesus said, I was a stranger and you took me in, you know? And I think that before you even start the process, you should pray so that God gives you the right child. But you need to be ready and willing to put the child back into your womb and give birth to that child. But I've seen many couples around me in church, in various places, whose lives have been transformed in a positive way because they adopted some children. So it is something that, there are different ways of getting children. Some are biological and some are by adoption. Our culture used to frown on it, but I think now there's more exposure. Yeah, and then also I often counsel that get children who were abandoned so that you don't have surprises later of family members rising and all that. But the law helps with that social welfare. So if you contacted us, we would show you the ropes, the steps that are needed, because the adopting agency is social welfare, not us, you know, but it's worth considering. The child has nobody. You also have nobody. So you meet together and it flows. And I have friends who have done that and their lives are blessed. Some too have done that and they have become fertile because they were not thinking about it too much. So then that led to a breakthrough. So it, it's actually the work of God. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Well, I hope Olivia says that she has a lot of questions, but I think this is what time will permit. So we thank God and... Uh... I just want to say that if you are online or you are in this room, every eye closed and every head bowed, you don't know Jesus as your personal savior. We can talk about all this because Christ is our example. The relationship of marriage, the Bible says, is like what is between Christ and the church. You can only be a part of the body of Christ if you have given your life to Christ. 
you want to say this evening lady reverend pray for me i'm not sure whether i'll go to heaven or hell when i die lady reverend i'm not serious with god and therefore i need that light i need the presence of god in my life so that he can lead me on lady reverend i take my own decisions and jesus is not the lord of my life but tonight i want to turn over my life to jesus i need a new beginning if you are like that here tonight just lift up your hands wherever you are and i'll pray for you forget about who is on your left and who is on your right god bless you i see your hand i see your hand god bless you christ is reaching out to you god bless you i see your hand there god bless you forget about who is on your left or who is on your right it's not about impression it's about jesus and we all took this step now keep your hand up and if you've lifted your hands give me the privilege of leading you to the throne room just come forward and give me the privilege of praying for you come forward forget about who's on your left who's on your right i saw all those hands encourage them encourage them encourage them as they come encourage them encourage them there's room at the cross for you jesus is reaching out to you he wants to begin with you a new beginning a new beginning god bless you if you are joining us join quickly it's the most important decision of your life you need a captain of this ship of life come and give me the privilege of praying for you and if you are online also just bow your head say this prayer after me let it be your personalized customized prayer and mean it with all your heart you want to say dear jesus tonight i come to you just as i am i confess that i am a sinner i confess that i need you in my life jesus forgive me for all my sins wash me in the blood of jesus and come into my heart and become the lord and the master of my life from tonight i am not of my own i submit my life to you take it and make me what you want me to be in jesus name amen i want to pray for you father thank you for these who have taken this decision to give their lives to you i know that the ultimate relationship is related to you through your son so that we may be brought nigh unto you tonight i lift up every single person who has said this prayer before your throne of grace i pray that you will deliver them from satan and from any attachments to the world i break every tie to satan in their lives in jesus name and i set them free to serve you to love you to grow in you and lord to be a blessing themselves thank you for a new beginning thank you for new life which comes in jesus christ amen amen, amen. god bless you
What should they do? Please go with this sister and come back and join us immediately. God bless you. Thank you. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Wow, put your hands together for Jesus. You can do better than that. You know, mommy also celebrated her birthday um, in the month where in the month where many, many blessed people were born. What, what month is that? Wonderful, wonderful. So, general bonds are very special, very, very special. And um, we have gotten the honor of inviting mommy to come home to minister to her children. And uh, we have a, a cake in the form in the form of um, a globe, a dome, like a church. Wonderful. May your marriage be like a church in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we want to kindly ask mommy to come. The birthday there is a whole year affair. A whole year affair. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. May birthday to you. Happy birthday. Pastors, come and cut with mommy. Lady pastors, quickly. May God bless. Ah, just me alone. Please, just me alone. Pastors are protesting. Okay. Okay. We pray for the key. That's what I can't sing. You are the key. The key is so good. I can't sing. Okay. Men pastors quickly. Men pastors quickly. Quickly. Men pastors quickly. Quickly. Men pastors. Happy birthday.
champagne. Please give the champagne to the lady pastors to pump the champagne. Lady pastors, can you take the champagne and just come here and pump it right here? Pump the champagne right here. Lady pastors and them. Beautiful job. Beautiful job. Help them to pump the champagne. Beautiful job. Hurry up. Efua and the rest. Just go for the champagne. Come, come and stand here. Yes, public champagne. Beautiful girl, help them. Mommy is in the house. Everybody will take champagne. Special, special cutting of cake. Wonderful, 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 beautiful, 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 beautiful. Cake, cake for money. Let us sit for cash. Cake for cash. If you want to cut cake with Antoine, come and see me. Just five thousand dollars, you can cut a cake. Cake for cash. So. Yeah, cake okay, for cash. So you want to cut a cake, special one. Ah, we're pumping the champagne. We're pumping. We're pumping the champagne. So, wow. When you hear, put your hands together. Put your hands together. Ah, come on, come on. Uh-huh. Have you finished pumping it? Wonderful, wonderful. So please, take your seat. You will share the champagne. Take your seat. We are going to leave here right now, very soon. But, but... Before we leave here, before we leave here, you know, before you leave, before we, you leave here, okay, I think they, sh they should sing a song whilst they are taking a champagne. Because like when people see champagne, then they are drunk. So. <laughs> Look at Andy's eyes. I think you can give some music at the background. But... Okay.
to for a long time, for a short time, I want to call again, oh beloved, ooh, ooh, ooh. oh beloved. If I called you already, I just feel like calling you again. And I know I already called you twice today. It's an honor to talk to you, but it never seems enough. And talking all the day, sharing the day together. Do you? you that but we are going to say cheers uh, say cheers or do cheers and wish our mommy well propose a toast when I say say cheers or me propose a toast <laughs> so we're going to propose a toast and we say cheers and then we take it we drink it amen and drink ye all of it hallelujah it's almost like we are sharing communion honestly the atmosphere is so spiritual, and I feel I feel marriages are being healed, homes are being healed, 
and I feel that this program should really come on not only once in a while, but in a, on a regular basis. So, how many of you agree with me? Yes, yes, yes. That's mommy, mommy. The oko nebe fie anytime. You get it. So we want to stand to our feet and um, we want to wish our mommy um, long life. We want to wish our mommy peaceful life. We want to say that the Lord who had been with her till this time will continue to be with her and wish her mega years ahead. We want to wish that our mommy will look back 10 years from now and say, indeed, the Lord has been good to me. So we want to say cheers to mommy and then also cheers to daddy who married mommy. <laughs> so cheers. Yes, yes, yes. In fact, after the cheers, I'm sure we'll all be drunk. Then we can dance. We love you, mommy. So, you, but I didn't finish the cheers anyway. I have to say to long life to mommy, and every day you say cheers. Uh, make a chest, I don't know, also walk a chest to long life, to happiness. And then, and when I say, say to long life, to long life. happiness, mommy, I bet you. I try to for fraud. Cheers. Cheers, I hear the mom. They repeated that. Forward, my wife said, "You've been saying cheers in this church. You've never repeated it before. I followed you. Allow me to drink my drink. Don't worry. Yes, that one. We have been doing local cheers after." Please take your seats. Uh, of course, all of you are here. We do the cheers. You have not been repeating it. Uh, look at cheers. Hmm. This is why I got it wrong. Don't put it on the video. Eh? Delete it from the video. Okay. So we want to take an offering, but I believe that I believe that mommy has prayed for everybody. And everything, but I still wanted to pray general marriage for marriages, for homes, and for those also who, are, who want to get married. I want to welcome Mammy again to pray for general marriage for homes. For well, I believe there's a strong presence here, and I believe that healings have taken place, a lot of blessings have happened here. Let's stand to our feet. Shall we pray? Yeah. 
days. When we go through the fire, we will not be burnt. When we go through the waters, we will not be drowned. You said that we should not fear because you are with us. I lift up God every home, every marriage, couples represented here. I pray in Jesus' name, the Father, you will bring them through the very trying times. I pray for victory. I pray that they may see the way of escape. For your word says, no temptation has overtaken us. That is not common to man. But that you are faithful. And with every temptation, you provide the way of escape. Open the eyes of your people to see the way of escape. Help your people not to be deceived by the enemy. Help us not to go the way of the world. But help us to lift up your word. And esteem your word more than our necessary food. I speak healing into broken relationships. I speak beauty into places that there are ashes. I speak hope into places where there's hopelessness. Lord, you have said that we should give you the ashes and you will give us beauty for ashes. We don't know how you will do that, but we know that you are able. Today we come to your throne of grace. We are asking for mercy and grace to help us in time of need. Give us divine understanding. Give us upper insight. Give us discernment. Give us what it takes to run through every troop, to leap over every wall. Oh God, I pray that every spirit of bitterness, every spirit of revenge, every spirit of despondency will give way to light, will give way to your hand, will give way to your presence. I pray for those contemplating marriage. I pray that you will remember them. And I pray that you will lead them by your spirit. Lead them by still waters. Lead them into green pastures. Lord, for those who desire to marry and yet cannot see anyone on the horizon, I pray that you will bring them their boazes. I pray that you will send them Naomi's who will open their eyes that they may see the threshing floor and know how to go about it. I pray for uncommon favor, Lord. I pray that you will build our marriages and our families. For every nation stands on families. Every church thrives on families. I pray that Jesus will be lifted high. I pray for miracles. I pray for things that only you can do. Thank you for testimonies. And thank you for help from above. Thank you for a new beginning. Devoid of all that we have known constant quarreling and conflict we curse and we cast out every form of disrespect every form of regret we, we, we bind you and we cast you out every unbuilding spirit we come against you and we pray let the hand of God prevail let there be a new beginning make rivers in the desert highways in the seeming wildernesses because you are God you are the one who does the impossible. We trust you. Thank you for your finished work. In Jesus' name, amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 243 187 900
You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.